0: You have to be uh, somebody who is concerned about the truth of the gospel and that we maintain the clarity and we maintain the truth of the gospel, but you also have to have a heart.
1: Listening to Treasure Truth with Pastor and Author James Ford Jr., Senior Pastor of the Christ Bible Church in Chicago. I'm Steve Hillard, glad you're with us as we begin a message entitled The Importance of Sound Doctrine. We're continuing to look at Galatians chapter 4 as we begin this new message today. And Pastor, uh, that title is just something that I think will resonate with so many of us. We need to make sure that we have sound doctrine. As you said, we need to know the truth of the gospel. He said, we also have to have a heart. What do you mean by that last part?
0: Uh, Well, Paul said it this way. He said, speak the truth in love. Hmm. So he qualified it. Speak the truth. That's what we speak in love. That's how we speak it. And so they're intricately linked one with another because we don't want to be callous and cold and cruel when someone has incorrect doctrine. Now I will go on record as saying the old adage is true: a person convinced against their will, is of the same opinion. Still, I don't argue with people. Yeah, you know D.L. Moody. You never heard of him? He said it this way: <laughs> the word of God is like a lion. You don't have to defend a lion. Just let the lion loose. That's what I do. I share, you know, this is what the word says about that issue. Uh, I trust that you'll consider it, pray about it, uh, because, you know, your thinking about this particular doctrine is incorrect. Hmm. I've had people say, well, that's your opinion. And I say, well, you know, I've shown you black words on white paper. And if it's the words of Jesus, red words on white paper. That, you know, this is what the Bible says. The venerable scholar Warren Wiersbe said it best. He said, when I open the Bible, God opens his mouth. When I close the Bible, God closes his mouth. And so I want to know what God said. There's a saying, I know you heard it. It says, God said it, I believe it, that settles it. Well, I don't like that saying. Why not? Because God said it, that settles it. I don't care whether you believe it or not.
1: That's a much better saying. I think so. I don't know that it'll sell as many T-shirts, but But, it's a much better saying. I don't think it'll sell any T-shirts at all. (laughs) But
0: you get my sentiment. Yes. I don't care whether you believe what God has said. God speaks. He's like my mama. She's with the Lord now. But whenever I would ask her a question over again that she thought I should have heard, she said, did I stutter, boy? Now, you better tell me what I said. And you know something, Steve? I always remembered what she said, you know? And so it is what God has said. That's what counts. Pastor Ford doesn't have a heaven or hell, and neither is Steve, to put anybody in. What thus saith the Lord. So I say this all the time, ad infinitum, ad nauseum. When someone says, thus saith the Lord, you check to see that the Lord
1: said thus. Well, We're going to do that in today's broadcast. We are in Galatians chapter 4 and we are going to be looking at verses 19 and 20 today as we begin a message entitled, The Importance of Sound Doctrine. Here is Pastor Ford.
0: Now remember, the Apostle Paul wants us to understand how extremely important correct doctrine is. And so he is... Uh, giving us a polemic, an argument, uh, for sound doctrine. Uh, because sometimes we adhere to things that sound good, but they're not good and sound. And we have to be careful. Uh, now, we know from studying Paul that Paul uh, usually, in all of his books, start off with doctrine. Uh, So we broke up Ephesians and some of his other books in doctrine, duty, and danger. So he says, here's the foundation. Here's what you need, doctrine. And of course, uh, remember Jude said, we're to earnestly contend for the faith that was once and for all delivered unto the saints. And so what a powerful verse that is. He uses a metaphor uh, that comes out of the boxing arena. And he says, listen, we ought to enter into a fight when it comes to uh, correct doctrine. So Paul, we just saw, told them, are you upset at me because I told you the truth? And of course, today people do get mad because you tell them the truth. But we need to tell them the truth anyway. So now uh, he's told them truth. So why do you keep going on, Paul? Why, Why this great polemic? Why all this argumentation on law versus grace? I mean, we've got to look into your head and we know what you believe and we know what you teach, but can we see your heart? And that's what he's getting ready to do. He's getting ready to show his heart. Let me ask you a question. What would you do If there was a whole denomination and they taught that the Trinity doctrine is pagan, that you should worship on Saturday if you're going to be saved, that saints become little gods after the resurrection, uh, that uh, uh, Anglo-Israelism, you know, we heard of the Hebrew Israelites, right? Well, there's Anglo-Israelism, that is the British Uh, are the Lost Tribes of Israel. There's a doctrine that teaches that. So they they say the Trinity is pagan, Sabbath worship, you have to worship on Saturday, you'll become a little god after resurrection. Uh, The British are the 10 Lost Tribes of Israel, Old Testament law keepers. Uh, You can't go to the doctors if you belong to this denomination. Uh, There's a 30% mandatory tithe. Now I do like that part, I'm not gonna lie about that. (laughs) No, it's mandatory. So if you're a part of that denomination, if you're not given 30%, you got to get out. Yeah. And so uh, you can't be born again until after the resurrection. Uh, they forbid you to be remarried after divorce. You can't get remarried after divorce. And they don't allow visitors to their church only if you're coming to be converted. And they teach that their church is the only true church let me ask you a question just by a show of hands how many of you would even be bothered with somebody like that anybody okay i figured we wouldn't we wouldn't but you know what happened an entire denomination got saved that believed these erroneous doctrines you say how in the world did that happen? well we know it was the grace of god Uh, But that's where we've come to in these two verses. You say, how so, Pastor Ford? Because they got converted, not through someone who came and told them, all these doctrines are wrong, and if you believe them, you're going to go to hell. Here's, Here's what the leader of the denomination said, and of course, some of you already recognize it, it's called the Worldwide Church of God, and they believed all that and now an entire denomination has gotten converted. Here's what he says. Uh, Some cult watching groups made it 10 times more difficult for us to make the transition. Hank was one who was not that way. Hank was gracious. Hank welcomed us. Hank encouraged us. In fact, because Hank came and gingerly and tenderly but truthfully taught us the greatest emphasis in the worldwide church of God now will be that Jesus Christ is Lord and that we are saved by the grace of God through faith in him. Wow. Now you know who Hank is? Some of you don't. Hank Hanograph, who is a Christian apologist. What does that mean? That means he defends the faith. And so he goes around and when he sees incorrect doctrine, he deals with it. Isn't it amazing that here now you have an entire denomination ready to be converted and God sends Hank Hanegraaff. And Hank Hanegraaff doesn't do what he usually does. He goes in and he does what Paul did in verses 19 and 20. You see, the old adage is true, isn't it? Catch more flies with honey than you do with vinegar. Here's what Paul said in 2 Timothy chapter 2, uh, verse 25. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 25. Listen to what he says in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 25. Here's what Paul says in meekness, did you hear that? In meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves, if God peradventure will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth. That's a powerful, powerful statement uh, that what he's telling us is this. And remember now, this is 2 Timothy. What's so significant about it? What's Paul getting ready to have happen to him? Getting his head cut off. He's getting this, but yet his instruction is, listen, I want you to know uh, that you have to be uh, somebody who is concerned about the truth of the gospel and that we maintain the clarity and we maintain the truth of the gospel, but you also have to have a heart. That's what he's saying. He's getting ready to go to the Roman executioner and he says, "Uh, listen, You need to, in meekness, instruct individuals who oppose themselves. Now, in Galatians chapter 4, 19 and 20, he's telling them the truth. He told them the truth. We already saw that. But now he's showing them tenderness. He couples truth with tenderness. Why? Because Proverbs 27, 6 says, faithful are the wounds of a friend, uh, but uh, deceitful are the kisses of an enemy. And most of us would rather be kissed by our enemy than wounded by our friends. You remember we talked about it? Why did Jesus call Peter an enemy and Judas a friend? Remember that? When Judas came to betray him, he said, friend betrayeth me with a kiss. When Peter was concerned about him, as Jesus said, I'm going to Calvary. He said, not so, Lord. Oxymoronic. You can't say Lord if you say not so. And if you say, Lord, you can't, you can't say not so. so. So what was going on? Well, if your enemy pushes you to the will of God, then your enemy is your friend. And if your friend wants you to have comfort and all of these things, when God wants you to go through something, then your friend is your enemy. And so Peter didn't want him to go to Calvary and he said, that's the devil. And Judas, uh, as a matter of fact, that was one of the catalysts that caused them to send him to Calvary. And uh, he said, friend, why? Because he was doing that. So then what does the Bible say? Ephesians 14, here it is, here it is. And if you don't get anything else, get this. Speak the truth. Can anybody finish it? Anybody reading their Bible? In love, speak the truth. There it is. In love, in other words, you have to have the right message. Speak the truth You have to have the right motivation for giving the right message in love That's powerful and this is what we see in these verses And so I want to share with you uh, what he does and he teaches us this timeless truth How do you win people who oppose themselves?
1: That's a good question, and we're going to find out the answer in just a moment. You're listening to Treasure Truth with Pastor Ford. The beginning of a message from Galatians 4 called The Importance of Sound Doctrine. And if you joined us a little late or you can't stay with us, to the end of the broadcast, you don't have to miss out on Pastor Ford's teaching. You can listen to each and every program in its entirety, or go back and listen to programs you may have missed when you come to treasuretruthradio.org. You can stream the programs, download MP3s, or order copies of this broadcast on CD. Other ways to listen? You can sign up to begin podcasting the program and download the Moody Radio app. By podcasting or using the app, you'll be able to listen at your convenience. If you want links to the podcast, the app, or to just be able to stream the program, again, you'll get started by coming to treasuredtruthradio.org. Well, if you are just joining us, we are in Galatians 4, as we continue the message, The Importance of Sound Doctrine.
0: Now, get this, because I I know all of you are thinking, since I set it up like Paul set it up with doctrine, I'm only going to talk about doctrine. No. Anybody that opposes themselves in anything and in everything. So I need you to apply this uh, to your situation because... uh, Uh, you may have your doctrine straight and don't know anybody uh, that has incorrect doctrine but uh you may have a child that's wayward or you may have a spouse that's alienated you apply it to what you need here's what paul does let me tell you where we're going he says here's how you win people who oppose themselves number one you have to have appreciation for them that's number one appreciation them. Secondly, in these two verses, he tells us, you have to have accommodation of them. Accommodation of them. Then thirdly, he says, you have to have assimilation by them. Assimilation by them. Then in verse 20, he says, you have to have affiliation with them. And then he ends up by saying, you have to have affirmation to them. Let me say it again. For those of you taking notes, he gives us uh, 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 five principles for winning people who oppose themselves appreciation for them accommodation of them assimilation by them affiliation with them and affirmation to them let's look at it notice first of all how he starts now in these two verses remember he's told them the truth uh he's given it to them down and dirty right up in front of their face thus saith the lord now the first thing he says then as he makes the transition is my little children. What is that term of endearment? My now, before remember, he said brethren. Now, why did he say brethren? He said because we are all believers in Jesus Christ out of the same womb, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. We're on equal plane. Now, he says, My little children, a term of endearment. Now, when you look at the writings of Paul, guess what? This is the only place where you find that Paul used that term. Now, John, in his epistles, 1 John, 2 John, and 3 John, he used it nine times. My little children, little children, little children, nine times. And of course, we we know why, because John was a man with a big heart. But Paul understands then uh, that you need to uh, begin to have some terms of endearment. Here it is. Here it is in a nutshell. If you don't get anything else, get this. Paul, why are you starting with my little children? Because sometimes people aren't against you. They're just for themselves. Sometimes they're not against you. They're just for themselves. And people need to know that whenever you're trying to correct them, that you're doing it for their benefit, and not for yours. Amen. See, why does he call them uh, my little children? Because children are innocent in their beliefs. Anybody grow up believing there was a boogeyman? I did. Anybody grow up believing in Santa Claus? How about the tooth fairy with, that, with his cheap self? <laughs> yeah. I'm telling you, dying for a tooth. You didn't get a dime. (laughs) You had a real cheap tooth fairy, you know. And and so the Easter Bunny. Okay, we were children. Anybody believe in the boogeyman now? Other than the devil. Anybody believe in the Easter Bunny now? Uh, How about the tooth fairy? No, no, because you are those things now to your children and your grandchildren. You know, it's like the little boy, his heart was broke when he found out that it wasn't Santa Claus, that it was his daddy, that it wasn't an Easter bunny or a boogeyman or a tooth fairy. So he's in Sunday school and the teacher's teaching him about the devil. And all of a sudden he says, I don't believe it. It's probably going to turn out to be my daddy. <laughs> in other words, my little children is done to make them more receptive to the truth so that they would be willing to receive. I went through, you know I did because I'm a teacher. I went through 1 John. I said he's got nine little children. Uh, do they have any kind of meaning? And you know I found some. Uh, I, I saw that. His nine went something like this. this just for the Wordsworth Department because you know I like to do stuff like this. So I just did it. I don't think it has any relevance uh, uh, to what we're talking about but since I went through the time to put it together, I figured I could at least drop it on you even if I don't say anything about it. Uh, so he, he gives them nine little little children. He says, listen, you need to be uh, receptive to revelation through Jesus Christ. You need to be receptive to explanation about Jesus Christ. You need to be receptive to expectation of Christ's return. You need to be receptive to emulation of Christ, foundation uh, from Christ, delegation from Christ, transformation, appropriation. And he ends up talking about celebration. I say, what is that all about? He's saying, listen, each time he want to give them some truth, He gave them that term of endearment. Can I ask you a question? How do you go about correcting somebody that's opposing themselves? What's the first word that's coming out of your mouth? Paul calls them my little children. Hmm. These believers are trying to follow the law instead of living by grace. And so they're in opposition to their own growth because you can't grow by the law. Rules and regulations will not give you a better relationship with Jesus Christ. So we live uh, by the faith of the son of God who loved us and gave himself to us. But there are some people who oppose themselves. For example, uh, let's say you have a daughter or a granddaughter and they're hooked up with somebody that you know is not going to be good for them. Uh, they're in opposition to themselves and they don't even know it. So how are you going to go about correcting that young person? You know what? You, you, I don't want you to stay away from them. Ain't no good for you. Blah, 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 blah. And that's that's usually what we do. And, and, and you know what we do? We push them towards that person. We did it when our parents told us, don't go here, don't do this, don't do that. Never told us why except for Number one answer, survey says, because I said so. And so we later on found out that they could have told us, the reason I don't want you to do it because I did it. I got hooked up with a fool, messed up my life, and and you can learn from me. You don't got to go through this. And so what you need is this. People need to know you have their best interests at heart. That's the point. And he says, my little children, I care about you. Not just rules and regulations. Uh, not just to make it easier for me.
1: You're listening to Treasure Truth and a message called The Importance of Sound Doctrine. Really a powerful look at Galatians chapter 4 and verses 19 and 20 today. It is so important that we do understand the Bible correctly, that we do have a good doctrinal foundation. And I hope that's one of the things that as you listen to Treasured Truth on a regular basis, you're able to say that this program is helping you understand the scriptures better. It's helping you go deeper in your walk with Christ. If so, we'd love to hear about it. Maybe you've understood the gospel for the first time or Some biblical principle that Pastor Ford has been preaching on has helped you really heal relationships or strengthen your marriage. Would you let us know that? You can share your story by coming to treasuredtruthradio.org and clicking on the contact link. You know, those stories really are such an encouragement to the team here at Moody Radio and Treasure Truth. Another way that you can show your support is to give a financial gift because we are listener supported. We do depend not just on your prayers, but also your financial generosity. So if you are growing, would you give? You can come to treasuredtruthradio.org, click on the link that says make a donation, and that can be a one-time gift or an ongoing monthly gift. Again, stop by treasuredtruthradio.org and look for the link that says make a donation. Well, thanks for doing that. Thanks also for listening. And thanks to our producers, Amy Rios and Ryan McConaughey. For Pastor Ford, I'm Steve Hiller. Treasured Truth is a production of Moody Radio a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.